Welcome back to The Red Carpet, the podcast where we look at how well or how terribly our favorite books have been adapted to the big screen. I'm Mad. And I'm Cass. And we are so excited you've tuned in today. How are you, Cass? Oh boy, how am I? (laughs) (laughs) See, it's so funny because we have recorded these episodes so far in advance that by the time they come out, like in the last one I was talking about it, I only had a few days of teaching left. Today, recording this, I have one day left, and then I'm in the abyss of job searching. And when this comes out, I'll have been done for like a month already. I know. Maybe you'll have started your new job. Hopefully, when you're all listening to this, I have a great new job that I love, that I'm happy doing. Because send the good vibes my way. Either way, I need all the vibes. Yes. I'm manifesting right now. Yes. Yes. I, I am good. Spent the day outside at the beach today with the children. So outside of the classroom, it was were nice. You, were you, did you do any digging while you're out there? I did. Actually, I, I mean, I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and the science teacher went the closest to the water, but we were like, we're not going to go swimming with the kids because that just felt weird. <laughs> yeah. So we stood at the edge of the water and dug some footholes. Um, while we watched the children roughhouse in the water uh, yes. and did not intervene. We were like, yeah, they're fine. They're like, kids. <laughs> They'll be great. Two rub days. some dirt on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This so is was, not a Girl Scout camp. <laughs> it's not a Girl Scout camp, my friends. Not a Girl Scout camp. So is this, is it a lake? Is it the ocean? It was like, on the lake. Yeah. Okay. It was a okay. beach on the lake, local state park. Um, nice. Not the state park that I work at, which I do work mm-hmm. at a state park, but a different one. So yeah. it, was, it was a chill day. Then mm-hmm. we had their little uh, graduation ceremony thing. So Lovely. just a whirlwind of a day a in really a whirlwind of a week. Day. Yeah, it's been a lot. I finished my frozen pizza Woo-hoo. and now I'm here. So, <laughs> how are you? What are you up to? Oh man, I am surviving, not thriving the heat wave we are currently in. Yeah. I sh- I'm surviving and sweating my way through this heat wave it like felt like 103 in bloomington today and i escaped to my local bookstore morgan stern's books good place to be friend of the pod (laughs) i bought a book so that was exciting i saw on netflix well i get so many trailers for movies on my facebook Mm. when i go on there and so i saw a trailer Mm -hmm. for persuasion that Netflix is doing that comes out in July and I haven't read the book and I was like this sounds like a podcast opportunity so it really does I've not read that one either so technically my purchase today like I could write it off who pays for it I don't know you write it (laughs) off David who's going to pay for it I don't know (laughs) it's a write-off so good so yeah it's my last week of teaching for the summer yeah. I'm very excited about that to actually have a summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time. It's time. I mean, it's as hot yes. as summer. Why not? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> relax like it's summer. Exactly. But, yeah. Well, uh, what are you reading right now, Cass? Right now, I am reading the second book in the Shadow and Bone trilogy of the Grishaverse. Mm-hmm. As I learned, it was pronounced by going back and listening to Checked Out and Overdue's first episode on Shadow mm-hmm. and Bone. But I'm reading the second book, Siege and Storm, right now. If, mm-hmm. if you have read it and you want some fun updates, follow <laughs> me on Bookstagram, Fictional Cast, because I am doing, once again, my very public reading of a popular series that I missed out on. We love uh, popular Actually, I, I don't, is this... Like, I feel like the Six of Crows duology is way more popular I feel like than Shadow is. and Bone. I yeah. I read Shadow and Bone and I haven't, I started Siege and, Siege and Storm. That's a hard mm-hmm. word. Siege. It is. <laughs> Siege. I started it and then I had to turn it back into the library. So Of course. Of course. <laughs> I never finished it because I never got it back. Yeah. So this is well, the first time I've had to like skip through your stories because- Oh my gosh. I know, wow. it's kind of sad. A milestone in a right. way, but a Truly. sad one. <laughs> I know, I know. But what are you reading? Well, here's the thing, Cass. <laughs> I, and I said this in our first episode, I'm a self-proclaimed library fiend. Correct. In other words, I'm the public library's number one supporter. <laughs> you know, that's a good thing. You know, you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta spin it. 
I currently have 74 library books checked out. And what happens is I check them out in batches. So they all become due at the same time. So I'll have like eight books that are due in two days. Are they, okay. Are these all from the same library? Yes, they are. I think my limit is a hundred. How is that even? I feel like my library is like five. You can have five <gasps> books. I'd die. Yeah. You would? I, I would that's the die. thing that always baffles me. I'm like, what library is just letting this fiend check out 70 books? Monroe County Public Library. <laughs> it's a good library. What's up? Oh, they're the best. Yeah. So I've my plan is to read Camila Knows Best. It's actually one that our friend Kylie at Library of Kylie, oh. shout out, posted about, and she loved it. And apparently there's a dog named Potato, so I'm so excited. Potato? Oh my Potato. gosh, I love that. I love it. I know. That's amazing. But I just finished reading Good Girl Complex by L. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect broody boy, ooh, spoiled kind of rich girl summer romance. Yeah. Well, I guess it was in the school year, but it was so good well it was so good yeah it reminded me of the books I read as a teen this one was not fade to black so hey nice best of of both worlds if I'm being (laughs) honest (laughs) so before we get started with today's episode we wanted to give a few friends some shout outs I put a question box on my story when we were talking about Percy Jackson because I wanted to get people's opinions how they felt about it and we want to hear what the people have to say we want to hear what the people have to say and the people have things to say uh so our first we're gonna this two people who should come as no surprise chelsea (laughs) chelsea and taryn from checked out and overdue i believe it's taryn who said it's terrible and i hate it and then to the screen that showed the title of the movie, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, Chelsea said, that is a blank screen. That movie does not exist. So, <laughs> I, I think we know where they stand on that. Yes. The utmost disdain for utmost, that movie. <laughs> utmost. It, it yeah. does not exist. Um, McCarley Jane reads, McCarley, she said it was okay if you haven't read the books with the two eye emojis. Which, mm. like, yes, is totally true. Because I, yeah, before reading the book... You know, thought it was great. Yeah, and then, I mean, I probably would have thought it was fine. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. This is my favorite one. Library of Kylie, who already shouted out. She's <laughs> She responded, like, with five separate things. <laughs> so, and I don't know, actually, what order, like, how it goes. But she said, it drove me crazy back in the day how horribly they followed the storyline. Because, let's see. Oh, she says, and I was so stuck on their looks being perfect. Well, I'm super excited about the new casting for the show. Yes. She says in the new movie, they're too old to begin the series. So some of the best parts were cut. As she said, I was a precocious eighth grader and had just reread. I had a lot of thoughts. So you were right. (laughs) You were so right Right? about that. Yeah. She said she did love the soundtrack they used though. So we get one. Yeah. It gets a point point. for that. We'll allow it. Yeah. (laughs) But we're not talking about Percy today. Nope. Not today. Today we're talking about... Oh, man. And I just looked up how to say his last name. And you're going to go ahead and take it from here. Oh, I'm going to take it from here? You're going to take it. (laughs) We are going to be talking about Lewis Sacker's holes. Yes, yes, yes. That's Sacker. I always want to say soccer. And I don't know why. I think it's Sacker. That's No, it is Sacker. That's what the audio is. Okay. But really the most important part. And before we get into the nitty gritty of all of this, we just we want to take a moment of silence for pay less shoe source so a moment of respect please thank you so much okay that was really difficult that's really difficult (laughs) i really wanted to laugh yeah in the movie there's a pair of shoes stolen from payless and i was like whoa (laughs) flash back yeah r.i.p the biggest flashback i got like all my middle school shoes from payless yeah it was the place to go the the deals were were cheap they were cheap it was great they were decent shoes they had good shoes there but yeah so today we're talking about holes holes is the story of stanley yelnats the fourth specifically who has been accused of stealing a pair of shoes that were supposed to be auctioned off at charity so he goes to the very interesting Camp Green Lake where he 
you guessed it, has to dig a bunch of holes. Dig a bunch of holes. Throughout the course of this story, we learn also about some of his family history and some of his ancestors and the curse of his great-great-grandfather and how that comes into effect. And we also get to learn about probably one of my childhood heroes, uh, kissing Kate Barlow and Mm -hmm. her ransacking of bad men, which we love to see, honestly. We We love love to see it. And we can't forget also the storyline of Sam and Mary Lou that goes along with that. So it's kind of a historical tale told in flashbacks Mm -hmm. interspersed with Stanley's juvenile detention Mm -hmm. experience. It's got a little bit of it all. It's got a little bit of it all. And it's done, spoiler, so well. So well. It's so so good. Okay, so our order of reading slash viewing and our experience with that. Mm -hmm. So I read this as a kid and truly a child because I don't even remember how old I was. I don't even remember reading it. It was on a family vacation because... I've been told (laughs) we listened to the audiobook in the car. And my mom loves the story because she says, you know, we were listening to it on this road trip. We get to the hotel for the night and no one wanted to get out of the car because we just wanted to keep listening to the book and keep Mm -hmm. going with the story. So I love that. I know. I was like, wow, (laughs) what a cute little family moment. Yeah. So that's when I I read it. I listened to it and Mm -hmm. then watched the movie when it came out and loved it watched it so many times thought it was so great we all watched it as a family and loved it and I'm only just now rereading the book for the first time since I was in a child of a a certain age whatever that may (laughs) be since I was a child (laughs) a child Um, so yeah I'm just now rereading it for the first time I listened to it again and it was so great and mm-hmm. then rewatched the movie for the first time in also a long time. Definitely. So it was, it's just a very, now, you know, Percy Jackson wasn't nostalgic because it's new to both of us. This was right. such a nostalgic experience. This one truly is so nostalgic for me too, because the first time I read it, this was the classic experience of elementary and middle school. I was in fifth grade. So the book, I didn't realize the book was this old the book came out in 1998 yeah and I was really surprised I thought it came out later than that but we read it in when I was in fifth grade which would have been maybe the year after the movie came out so we read the book in class which I think that in fifth grade at my school they just that was like one of the books they just read every year Mm -hmm. so we had that great classic experience of you read the book and then you get to watch the movie And it was amazing. Like, I loved both of them at the time. I've watched the movie so many times since then because I absolutely loved it. And I think it's just such a great movie to revisit every once in a while. But this was the first time I'd watched it in a long time. I don't remember the last time I rewatched it. And it's also the first time I've reread the book. And I listened to the audio book for the first time. Uh, which was fun. I really liked it. It was well read. I yeah, will say. the narrator so, was so good. Yeah, he was really good. So what Goodreads gives holes three point nine eight, which don't I'm understand. appalled. Like if it was at four point zero zero, even that I would be like, okay, I can get behind that four stars respect. But that point zero two off, I'm like, an no, injustice. this is an insult. It honestly. really is. I hate it. I hate it so much. This is so good. It's so So good. good. And like for a kid's book is so good. Yeah. Like I'm going to talk about it a little later, but just like the things it deals with and the way that it puts them on a plane that middle grades kids can understand and relate to is so good. So I gave it five stars myself and it, it holds up really well. I think this is a book that There's nothing that really specifically dates it. Like it it feels Mm -hmm. kind of timeless in a way. So it holds up really well. Like there aren't specific references to things that feel like super out of date now. Yeah. So I thought that that was really good. And the nostalgia, I love it, of course, but also it's a really good story and it's it's really emotional and good and impactful. So there's a good message. There's, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, it tackles kind of, 
heavy important issues too so yeah definitely so I gave it five stars yeah I did too I mean yeah. I think I kind of knew before I even started reading I was like this is gonna be a five-star book <laughs> but yeah. I was I was so surprised as I was reading because again I watched the movie so many times mm-hmm. and so all I've really thought about when I think about this book is the movie so rereading it I was like wow this book is a lot uh heavier it's a lot more powerful than I remember yeah being. Um, same I was listening to it and I was like man this gets really deep at a lot of different points and I really loved it though yeah I did too oh 100% yeah the payless the payless uh (laughs) references in the movie I think they just call it that's true (laughs) a shoe store yeah the book so no dating it that way um and so then pivoting to the movie so Rotten Tomatoes rates it 78% yeah so the critic score Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Audience score, 76. Still pretty good. Still There's pretty good. 2% of audience members out there need a, a talking to. <laughs> yeah, for real. Find your, find your inner child, okay? Yeah, for real. IMDb gives it a 7 out of 10, which that is a little Seems low. low. It's low. Yeah. Why don't you give your rating first? Okay. <laughs> so I, I had a hard time rating it because I was like, man, it's really good. But I was like, is there something that brings it down? So I was like 9 out of 10, 8.5. Definitely a 9 to 10 range. It's good. It's really good. It's fantastic. I gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> you know, and I think, you. I think mostly <laughs> a lot of that too is like rating how good of an adaptation it is. So mm-hmm. rating it that way, I do think it's a 10 out of 10. I mean, it does. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about it, but it, it is the book. The movie is the it's book. It's so, yeah, it's spot on. I mean, mm-hmm. watching it now, was the CGI bad? Yes, it was. <laughs> that lizard. It really was. But I mean, Oof. everything else was fantastic. So just to review with our rating breakdown, we're going to talk about casting and acting. We're going to talk about how similar the movie is to the book, what changes were made, if we thought they were negative or positive. We're going to talk about the setting, how we pictured it versus how it is on screen. We're going to talk about the soundtrack, the style, the hashtag vibes. (laughs) And then I think we're probably going to keep this category because it's my favorite category. This one is no longer quotes that make me cringe. This is favorite moments. (laughs) Favorite moments. I love it. Favorite moments. So we're going to start with casting and acting. What what did you think about the the casting and the acting cast? I mean, it's so good. It's like perfect. Everyone in this movie is so well cast. Mm -hmm. It's insane how spot on it is. It's amazing. I know. Home runs all over the place. Home runs all (laughs) over. And I think, you know, we talked about how with Percy Jackson, it was an all-star cast, but it just Mm -hmm. fell completely flat. We have another all-star cast here. Yeah. And it's a banger. It absolutely is. And I think the biggest reason is because Lewis Sacker actually wrote the screenplay for it. Yes. So he yes. knows the story, obviously. So it's, it's his story. so well done. So we have Shia LaBeouf as Stanley Yelnats the fourth, mm-hmm. which in the credits they say introducing Shia LaBeouf. So I was like, right. Is this I think, his first like quote unquote real role? I think it's his first film role because we all know, or hopefully you all know oh, because hopefully. legendary show, even Stevens. I don't even remember what his character is named but he was on even he was the brother and even Stevens. don't yeah, remember his I name like, now wait what is his name but, couldn't tell you i don't know but he was on that show and there is an even stevens movie i was but... gonna say did that come out before <laughs> after holes <laughs> yeah he was great honestly he did a great he was, job he was excellent and then yeah. his family is... oh my gosh <laughs> like also spot on. His dad, played by Henry Winkler, who I just love. Anytime Henry Winkler's in a movie, I'm just I like, know. I it's love you. Instantly, so much more charming. You know, absolutely. He's just like a guy you just want to hang out with. Yes. So he's a great dad in some of these movies now, for sure. His and mom. His oh, mom is Siobhan yeah. Fallon Hogan, who yeah, I could never have told you her name. Definitely had to Google it, but I saw her on screen and I was like. Yes, I yes. love her. I was like, I recognize her. She's in yes. like all kinds of stuff. She's one of those like, oh, it's that person mm-hmm. that you she's just like always, see. She's always the rom-com like motherly figure. Yeah. 
that's like the sweet like oh bless your heart type of Mm -hmm. type of character yeah she's funny so good the grandfather mm-hmm. is played by nathan davis mm-hmm. who i don't i don't he's know adorable. Him, he's so don't cute. know who he is i love him so, so much and his character if i'm remembering correctly doesn't live with them in the book right like yeah, i feel like I that think so. got added in in the movie but it was a great like, addition he yeah, was awesome it was yeah he really served the purpose of telling the story of right great great grandfather great 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 grandfather yes Question is dirty rotten <laughs> pig stealing no, great great grandfather yeah that's it yeah yeah i don't think he lived with them in the book i don't think so I but think he, he works well as the narrative device in this yes absolutely yeah. the one thing i will say going back to shia labeouf and to his mm-hmm. character and one of the differences which we'll probably talk about more is yeah body type which as i was reading the book i was like oh yeah i completely forgot right because we just think of I just think of Shia LaBeouf Mm -hmm. and Stanley in the book was overweight they talked about him being like the biggest kid in his class and oh which broke oh my gosh when they talk about that teacher specifically I'm like oh it just it's so sad and it's awful it makes me so mad and I know that there probably are maybe not now I think that's definitely like a very 90s thing of like the public humiliation aspect and oh I didn't Um, realize but I'm like, people did have experiences like that. That's yeah. real stuff that happened. Ugh, yeah. made me so mad. I know. So that's Stanley and his family. And then he goes to Camp Green Lake and he's in the detent. Yes. With a bunch of boys who they could not have found better people to play each of these boys in yeah. the detent. They're awesome. Each of these boys have real names, but they're given nicknames. They're initiated into the tent and given a nickname. Mm-hmm. And that's like, to show they belong and they fit in so stanley's nickname is caveman there's a boy named zero whose real name is hector zeroni but everyone calls him zero and then we have armpit x-ray zigzag and magnet and there's squid and twitch also squid twitch, and twitch. twitch is not in it very much squid is kind of a more minor one too yeah but they're yeah. there armpit's name is theodore mm-hmm. <laughs> x-ray is rex yes he's rex could not tell you Zigzag and magnet cannot remember. Squid, I, Twitch, I don't know. <laughs> I thought X-ray and Zigzag were the best cast. Yeah. For their mm-hmm. role. And it's interesting. I think they kind of cast Armpit in a way that it was kind of brought on some of the aspects of Stanley's character in the yeah. book. Yeah. Like him being overweight and Mm -hmm. like when he tries to climb out of the hole, which is very comedic when he's trying to get out and he like falls back in. I'm like, that's something Stanley does in the books kind of. Right. So I think they put some of those characteristics onto Mm -hmm. a side character instead of having it be the main character, which I think is a little disappointing, but just because of what we missed by doing that. But who is your favorite boy in the detent? I think it's armpit. Just he's yes. so funny when he's like, Theodore, come do this. I don't know no Theodore. My name's Armpit. No, I don't know anybody named Armpit. It's just so funny. He's like the uh, funniest one to me. I love, I love him. Armpit. He's a hundred percent my favorite too. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> oh, good. He has so many funny and like sweet moments too. Yes. Yeah. Big, big armpit fan. I have to mm-hmm. say this. I have to mention it because as I was looking up the name of the cast members, um, I looked up Zero and holy wow, he is a very attractive adult. He is. He's very handsome. <laughs> so handsome. I like yes. some in the cast and I was like, who is that? And I was like, that's yeah. Zero? Yes, he's very so, handsome. Uh, Leo I agree. Thomas is his name. Mm-hmm. Look him up. You will not regret it. On to the next. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So we have a few people that work at the camp that we get to know. One of those is Mr. Sir, who is played by John Voigt. Excellent. He (laughs) totally nailed it. Absolutely. uh, And it's so funny because now when I read the book, I picture all of these people, obviously. Yeah. And they're so perfect. But like sometimes when I read other books and I've seen the movie, I don't picture the actors from the movie. But in this mm-hmm. case, I'm like, Mr. Sir is John Voight because yes. he completely personifies the whole <sighs> vibe of Mr. Sir. Like he's, this surly. He's a little scary. Yeah, he a is. Little rough around the, re- the edges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. He's yeah. so good. He's even got the snake tat. Like he had all the fake tattoos. Yes. He he's so good in that role. And he really, you can tell that John Voight was having like the time of his life yes. filming this movie. I was like, this man is having a blast because it totally, totally comes through. Yeah. I feel like his was one of those that was like probably a fun villain character to play. Right. And then the next character kind of in charge of the whole camp is the warden mm-hmm. played by Scorny Weaver. Holy which is Oh cow. my gosh. Holy Excellent. cow. My my note as I was watching the movie as soon as like, because we don't see her till like halfway through the movie. Halfway through. Yeah. Right? They just talk about the warden. You don't even know if she's male or female. Everyone assumes mm-hmm. that the warden is a man. Right. And then she comes roaring out in this sick old car don't know what it is yes so sorry but it's cool (laughs) yeah definitely my note was Sigourney Weaver has entered the chat because absolutely oh she's so good she is she's so so good she's absolutely perfectly cast and she fits the description of the warden in the book also to a t without having to change anything the only thing they really change about her is like her costuming is not as like flamboyant as it's written in the book but she she still pulls it off perfectly i'm like oh i I love sigourney weaver especially in this role i love her so much she's so good this role was made for her absolutely or she Mm -hmm. was made for this role And Tim was telling me, because he was, as I was watching it, he was on the couch looking up IMDb, like, trivia about it. Apparently she took this role because, I don't remember if it was, like, her daughter, granddaughter, some young relative of hers. Holes was her favorite book. So that's why she took this role. That's so sweet. I love that. I love, like, little stories like that. I love that, too. That's so great. And then we have the counselor of Detent. Which in the book is Mr. Pendansky. And yes. in the movie, he's called Dr. Pendansky. Yes. Or mom. <laughs> they do call him mom. His nickname is mom, which I love. Um, yes. And he's played by Tim Blake Nelson. Another one of, oh, it's that guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think he's probably the most different from yeah. the book, at least appearance-wise. Character is pretty similar for the most part, but appearance-wise definitely different mm-hmm. um, like he's described as having a big bushy beard yeah. and bald in yeah. the book yeah. but yeah. he still like plays the character really oh, well he plays the character super well um, so well in fact that yeah. i hate him so much <laughs> I, I agree he sucks <laughs> he's my least favorite character and i think it's because he's cr- i mean he's cruel to zero yeah and mm-hmm. we have no reason we don't know anything about his background to know why he would be that way Right. Whereas at least with Mr. Sir, we know he's like given up smoking and he's yeah, he's grumpy because and, of that and yeah. cranky. And the warden, we you know, figure out her family history and what led her here. Right. Whereas Pendansky is pretty nice to all the other boys and then just terrible to zero. Yeah. And it's even it's made more egregious by the fact that he is supposed to be this support for the yeah. boys. And he's essentially like a counselor to them. He is. Right. That's what his role is. He's counselor yeah. to them. And he kind of fails at it. Oh, spectacularly. Miserably. Yeah. Miserably. Yeah. Yep. He sucks. So those, yeah. He sucks. He did a great job. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> great casting, but. <laughs> yeah. So those are the characters from present day Texas mm-hmm. Camp Green Lake. And then we have two separate stories, separate timelines. One is still in Texas, but it's back when there was actually, was it called Green Lake? What was it? What was the lake called? Do we know what the lake was called? I don't know. Cause it's always just like the lake. The town. I, of it Green must lake. be Green Lake. Yeah. I know it was the town of Green Lake, but I'm like, wait, what was the lake called? Anyways. Let me search my nifty. Google. Oh gosh. The word lake is in 121 times. Wow. <laughs> it's Green Lake. Great. So Green Lake. Back in the day, we have three big characters. First up is Sam, the Onion Man, who's played by Dulé Hill, another friend of the pod. I love him so much. He's wonderful. I love him so so much. And name a more iconic line than, I can fix that. I I quote that that. 
all the time. Well, like anytime you. something is broken, I can fix that. And you know what? It's, Every yeah. single person I ever say it to gets it. They know yes. exactly what I'm it talking about. It is a universal reference. It Everyone will understand universal it. Universal reference. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I love that he says, he says, I can fix that. And then he says, I'm good with my hands. And I kid you not, my first thought was, <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. Oh, yeah. He's wonderful. Oh, he's so good. And then Catherine Barlow, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Kissing Kate Barlow, Kissing Kate. is played by Patricia Arquette, which is chef's kiss. Iconic. It's perfect. I love her. I loved her as a kid. I was like, man, this girl is cool. I want to be she was so cool. And what was so great, she played the sweet teacher mm-hmm. so well. And then she nailed the coming back with a vengeance. Yeah. The vengeance pivot is oh, iconic. So it's so good. good. So and good. totally justified, honestly. Totally justified. Then we had Trout Walker, which we don't really have to talk about. Ugh, he was gross. He sucks. The one yeah. thing I'll say is he had smelly feet in the book as well. They don't mention it in the mm-hmm. movie, but I was like, oh, right. Smelly feet. That's a trend. But the casting is unfortunately good. Even though, it's like, unfortunately good. He's a bad person. We know. And he's played very well. <laughs> like Played very well. It's, it's very good. Like the one part that I quote all the time is my daddy owns the lake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I hate yes. him, but it's, <laughs> it's an iconic line. I know. And then probably the best casting of any character ever in all eternity mm-hmm. is the casting of Eartha Kitt as Madame Zeroni. Yes. Legendary. My queen. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. And this is another thing that my family and I always quote, the for always and eternity. <laughs> so we quote good. that constantly. It's yes. so good. Mm-hmm. This this movie is so quotable. And it again, is. it like so many people have seen it. Like people will get the reference and yeah. it, it works perfectly. The other fun part about the casting is that Lewis Sacker has a cameo in it. Yes. He <laughs> he buys, he gets onion juice for Sam for his balding head. <laughs> it's just, so funny. It was so cute. It was so cute. So casting a plus 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 plus. Yeah, act, definitely act, great casting. Acting a plus 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 plus. Just yeah. phenomenal all around. Now looking at how similar was the movie to the book. Looking at like, if you had to give a percentage, what percentage would you give it, Cass? Oh, it's so hard because, and I'm going to wait till we talk about the negative changes in the next bit to go over mm-hmm. like my biggest critique, which is not even like that major of a critique. Yeah. It's in the high 90s, probably like 90, 95 to 97 but it's very similar and again so similar because Lewis Sacker actually wrote the screenplay which helped immensely oh yeah yeah I gave it a 98 I said the only thing I think was different is that Stanley wasn't a big kid and we don't know that he was pretty badly bullied at school right we don't get the whole arc that comes from that Mm -hmm. that we'll talk about but I mean, it's really good. Like I said before, the movie is the book. Even people's lines, most come straight from the book. Yeah. Having listened to the book and then within a few days watching the movie, there are parts that are word for word the yeah, same. And which is so I fun. love that. It's that's what the story is. So it should be that right. way. And it mm-hmm. always, to me, also feels like a nod to the reader. Yeah. Definitely. Like, it's like, like a little inside oh, yeah, joke. Yeah. That's in the book. I remember mm-hmm. that. And that's something I feel like. Because I read the book, I can connect to in the movie. Right. Definitely. So, yeah, super close to the book. So let's talk about changes that we maybe, you know, didn't like. We'll call them negative yeah. changes, but there's nothing negative about this movie. Right. It's not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. So the first thing we've kind of talked about it already. So in the book, Stanley is described as fat, bullied because of it. People don't take the fact that he's bullied seriously because Mm -hmm. of his size they think a smaller kid can't bully you like that's not possible and he as a character like brings it up quite a bit yeah a lot more than I remembered yeah and how big he is and how that you know affects him yeah and so we don't get that at all in the movie just because like like we've said Shia LaBeouf is not a big kid 
Right. So that casting is super interesting. And I I think Shia LaBeouf is so good in this movie mm-hmm. that I like am more forgiving to it. But I do think we then miss out on kind of a little bit of his journey, the sense of accomplishment that yeah. he feels at being like, oh, yeah, I am a big kid. Like I am. And I still did all of this. And like, yeah. it doesn't make me any less than than anyone else and he's able to accomplish all of that no matter what and I think that like his end result of like being happy with who he is yes is so important and you don't get that fully no you don't you get one moment where he's like I feel like everything's cool yeah I was like yeah everything's chill and I was like he's like I feel really lucky (laughs) yeah and in the book I got emotional because he you know talks about realizing he was never really happy or liked himself mm-hmm. and then coming yeah. to this moment where he's like I'm happy now and I I like who I am and like where I am in life right now right and then also a bit that is not really ever said in the movie that I thought was a really cool bit that went through the book was when he talks to some of the boys and then his inner monologue mm-hmm. where he talks about like oh the first hole is the hardest no yeah. the second <laughs> hole is the hardest no the third is the hardest and then it's like the 46th is the hardest and it's like that is just such a good metaphor for the growth and the work that we all put in as people to become better versions of ourselves so it is kind of true that Camp Green Lake did help them build character just not in the way that we really expected right but I think that like marking that growth and like yeah you have to put in the work every day yeah. and it is going to be hard work but yeah and you're not you are going like to it. be better for it at the end probably yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and I think it also is important because you know he finds for the most part with this group in detent people mm-hmm. who accept him and yeah give him a nickname and don't judge or belittle him for anything about himself he is there and that's all that matters for him to be right and included and also for the representation piece of it I'm sure that a lot of kids were able to relate to Stanley in a way that they had not been able to relate to main characters in a lot of other series Mm -hmm. um, or books not even series just books yeah in general because he's like the only fat main character in Mm -hmm. this age group's books that I can think I mean I'm sure that there are probably at least a few others but I can't think of any yeah I don't Um, know any other either so I think it's like a little bit of a bummer in that sense yeah but another thing I wish we'd seen more of was uh Sam and Catherine's relationship and how they became close and really became friends Mm -hmm. because all we see in the movie is Sam fixing up the schoolhouse and there's one moment where he quotes one poem and in the book they just say how they they were constantly talking to each other and reading and reciting poems back and forth and I just I really believed that they did have a friendship in the book whereas in the movie I was like I don't see where that came from and maybe that's just because we're adults watching a kid's movie (laughs) Right. And that's like what we want to see, whereas like right. the kids aren't going to care as much about that. But it is true that the focus shifts a little bit and you don't mm-hmm. get as much of the buildup as you do in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I really enjoyed that part of the book. So I was a little, a little sad mm-hmm. if I didn't have that there. And then uh, I think the last thing we've kind of mentioned this already, but the book is a yeah. lot heavier and sadder than the movie is. Yeah. And more so than I remembered, especially. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, while I was listening to it, I was like, man, this is very deep. And it gets into a lot of race issues. It Mm -hmm. talks about kind of different class struggles. Zero's homelessness is way more of a factor in the book than it's shown in the movie. And my thought is maybe... And I'm just guessing here. I don't know that there's truth to this, but my thought is that it was pushed from the studio to make it more like fun family movie. Whereas the book has so much more nuance. And Mm -hmm. I do think it's great that they kept the casting of the detent boys really diverse. Like they are all 
different from one another. They're different races and have different socioeconomic statuses. Whereas in the movie, that's not as much of a focus and there's Mm -hmm. not as much nuance. And I think that you kind of miss out on some of those lessons. And it goes hand in hand with like casting for Stanley as Shia LaBeouf and kind of Mm -hmm. changing that character's appearance in a way that kind of removes some of the nuance and takes some of the responsibility off of the movie to talk about these things. But absolutely in the book, they're handled so well. And I really commend Lewis Sacker for creating a story like this for younger kids who can read this and be like, oh, just about learning about how the people you meet could have this whole background that you don't even know anything about. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of a good reminder to not necessarily always give people the benefit of the doubt, but to kind of get to know people and that idea of everyone has some sort of challenge that they are facing. Mm -hmm. And while I do think the movie gave some of the boys a lot more personality than they had in the book, I think you miss out on those aspects of it that are the important things and you learn some good lessons. So that's kind of what I deducted some points for on the uh, adaptation score, but totally. So those are the things we wish maybe had happened. And then for me, there's one change that was different than the book (laughs) that I absolutely loved. I agree. It it is literally like a 30 second part of the movie. It is not important at all. It's just so hilarious. So we don't know anything about Mr. Sir in the book. Nothing. You don't even know why he's called Mr. Sir. In the end, towards the end of the movie, there's like a sheriff or a deputy. I don't know who he is. And he sees in the book, it's specifically the district attorney. Like this is a high up person. Right. So in the movie, Mr. Sir sees this man who's has authority at the state level, probably. And he starts hiding his face and acting all sketchy. And everyone's like, what is wrong with you? And then the officer goes, Marianne. Oh, I don't even remember his last name. Uh, Oh, I don't remember. Marianne V, I think is what it was. Yeah. And he's like, you're violating your parole carrying that weapon. And the warden's like, I knew of no such thing. And then (laughs) Zigzag goes, I didn't know Marianne was a man's name. And Mr. Sir goes, it's not. Like, what does that mean? There are so many what implications there. Oh, my goodness. I loved it so much. <laughs> I thought I didn't know Marianne yeah. was a man's name. Oh, it's so good. I remember, like, losing it when I first heard that line I as, know. like, a kid. I thought it was the funniest thing. It was like, ooh, sick burn. It was so good. So that's my one thing I'm glad they added and, and changed. Yeah. And if the grandfather, I honestly cannot even remember if he's in the book in the way that he is in the movie, but I think that's a positive change is having too. him kind of telling the story throughout the yeah, movie. I agree. I think that was a really nice yeah. touch. On to the next category, which is the setting, how we pictured the movie versus what we saw on the screen first up we got to talk about those lizards we got to talk about the yellow spotted lizards folks oh they they look different than they're described in the book which is of course in part because they do not exist in real life right i want to see if i can find the description of them hold on let's see they have black teeth a white tongue 11 yellow spots. Oh, they've got red eyes. That was the other thing. Oh, here we go. Each lizard has exactly 11 yellow spots, but the spots are hard to see on its yellow green body. The lizard is from six to 10 inches long and has big red eyes. In truth, its eyes are yellow and it's the skin around the eyes, which is red, but everyone always speaks of its red eyes. It also has black teeth and a milky white tongue. Disgusting. Yeah. So the color is like pretty right in the the movie yeah. for the most part. Yeah. They we don't have, really have red eyes though. No. We have two types of lizards used in the movie. We yes. have CGI lizards and then we have terrible. Oh god, they're so bad. <laughs> and then we have painted bearded dragons, which are literal bearded dragons with the yellow spots painted on yep. their backs. They're so cute. They're so cute. And it's so funny to me because like my brother has owned three or four bearded dragons now. Yeah. And they are the calmest, chillest. Mm -hmm. If you can describe a lizard as being sweet, like I would describe a bearded dragon as being sweet. Like, yeah, it's never going to bite you or like attack you. And so I really just little sweeties. They are Mm -hmm. little sweeties. 
Uh, yeah, wow, that CGI did not age well. Oh, gosh. Anytime the lizards were specifically, like, attacking someone, when they're just hanging out, they're fine. Yeah. But when they had to be in motion doing specific things, it looks so bad. Oh, oh my so gosh. Bad. It was laughable how bad it was. Uh, and then their their trek up to God's oh thumb. gosh. <laughs> they're going up God's thumb. And in the book, it was like, a ravine a steep incline a steep but not incline. straight up cliffs these kids are straight up free soloing this rock formation which wild. if you don't know to free solo means to traverse a rock face without a rope or harness or anything yeah. you're literally just you're like, just climbing up there you're climbing up there yeah. hoping for the best and these kids yep. are doing that after a whole day in the sun one of them three days without water exhaustion dehydration and they're just going for it like in the book it, that part was way more believable because it yes was, they were going up a super steep incline but it, there were a couple parts where they had to like climb up some ledges but it wasn't right. just full-on was an actual cliff climbing, climbing. Yeah. yeah yeah stop yeah. i was like mm. but yeah. the actual camp of camp green lake is like, that's just what I think when I read the book. Yeah. I just think of what it is in the movie. It wasn't a Renaissance fair instead <laughs> of a whatever it was supposed to be in Percy Jackson. Right. Instead exactly. of actual cabins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Camp Green Lake, I thought they nailed that, the setting. Yeah. My one question is when they're, dr- who dug all those holes? Those are real holes. Who dug all those? Some poor intern production assistant was just out there. Maybe they used machinery for some of them somehow. I mean, still, I don't know. how long did that take? That's wild. Yeah, because like those are the actual shot, They're actual holes. The shot when they're driving, when Stanley's driving in on the bus and yeah. there's just holes. And I was like, that's a real shot. Yeah, that's crazy. And then like when they're digging the holes, like they're actually like they're in there actually digging. digging. <laughs> yeah. Well, I oh. didn't really think of that, but that's a really good point. Maybe we got to look at the credits, see who's been yeah. good for the Hole digger. Hole digger A. Principal <laughs> hole digger. Oh, okay, so next we've got the soundtrack style hashtag vibes. Yes. This soundtrack, if you've seen this movie, you know exactly what we're talking about when we say that this this is it. This the is the it. soundtrack. So good. Absolutely amazing. Iconic. I was iconic. I was transported to 2003. Mm-hmm. Listening. Mm-hmm to the soundtrack of this movie it is an absolute crime that this soundtrack is not available on spotify i'm like i'm gonna have to like order some cd from amazon from 2003 to listen to this oh my gosh it's it's not available dig it up you cannot find that song anywhere i mean youtube YouTube, you can find it you can find a very sketchy version on youtube yes or you can just play the intro of the movie constantly (laughs) yeah on loop i love that song so much i knew every word to every boy's rap yes oh my goodness it was so good and i love that Mm -hmm. they sang it i love that that's yeah i think that's i know like in the credits when you see them like doing the music video it's so fun i love it so fun and it is again so early 2000s Oh, yeah. Everyone's outfits. I will say Zigzag's voice is amazing. The deep, you Mm -hmm. got to go. Dig them holes. It was so good. It was so so good. A-R-N-P out to the D. (laughs) What's that you're smelling? Dog, that's me. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Um, The other thing I really loved about the style of the movie was how well the different flashbacks in the interwoven stories were done. So um, good. The transitions were great between each part. The spots where they flashed back were perfectly mm-hmm. timed. It was yeah. just, it was such an excellent storytelling, like display. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The one that I think of that I like specifically noticed was when this, one of the kids tells Stanley that there's like the cameras in the shower. So it's him in the little shower stall and it pans over the water dripping and it transitions into raining at the schoolhouse with Kate and Sam. Yeah. So things like that are such great details and it really helps to immerse you in the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think again it just really speaks to the importance of having the author being the screenwriter 
knowing the story so intimately and knowing Mm -hmm. the best way to tell this story on this platform. My other favorite part about this movie, there were these, there were so many moments where it would just suddenly be this slow-mo and it was like kind of random when it would happen. Like there was one time when Mr. Sir was filling up the water bottle and he like, was it going to fill up Stanley's? And it was just the slow-mo of him like looking up at Stanley. And I was like, what is happening? Yes. But it also adds to the charm, the nostalgia of a 2003 movie. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so oh. good. So yeah, great soundtrack, great storytelling, great editing. It was great. Great all around. So good. Okay. To our favorite segment of this podcast, our favorite moments. Favorite moments. <laughs> I'm so, like already cracking up. <laughs> I know. The Mr. Sir's big thing is that this ain't no Girl Scout camp. He's Says very, it many times. He is very clear that of what it is not. And that is not a Girl yeah. Scout camp. This mm-hmm. would be a disaster of a drinking game. Oh my gosh. Like take a shot immediately. <laughs> take a shot every time he says Girl Scout. And then at the end, it's absolutely iconic in like the voiceover at the end that's like yes. explaining where everything ends up. And it literally becomes a, a Girl, Girl Scout, Scout camp. camp. So good. It's, so good. It's perfect. The part that got me is when <laughs> Stanley first gets to Camp Green Lake and he gets like the jumpsuit thrown at him and they're like, okay, change into this. So he like strips down to his underwear in like the little shed and he falls over. And I really hope it was just like not scripted and Shia LaBeouf actually tripped just in his underwear. And that part in the background, it's not even on him, but it was so funny. And I like died laughing. It was hilarious. So good. Another part from that first day that made me die laughing is they're having it's like the dinners dinners being served on the buffet whatever <laughs> and on the intercom it's announcing what's for dinner and it goes string beans refried beans garbanzo beans green beans banana jello cuts <laughs> <laughs> out i had to listen to it twice because i was like did he only say beans yeah like, except like, banana jello <laughs> Which also banana jello sounds disgusting. disgusting. I've never even heard of it. That's that's more punishment, I think, than digging a hole. Uh, Yeah, definitely. And then (sighs) caveman getting his nickname of caveman. So I'm caveman better than barf bag. (laughs) Better than barf bag. There was a kid's name, which was so sad. Whose name was barf bag. (laughs) We didn't even talk about We didn't even talk about purposely. Gets bitten by a rattlesnake so Purposely. he can leave the camp. Oh, yeah. Awful. It's so sad. Another funny <laughs> detent moment is Stanley finds this old gold lipstick tube that we find <laughs> out later belonged to Kate Barlow. And Zigzag, because they're like, oh, what does KB sound? Because there's a little KB in our heart. And Zigzag goes, man, that's Keith Barringer. Who's that? He was in my math class. <laughs> As though that would have any. (laughs) It's so funny, though. Oh, (sighs) so good. I just loved armpits. I loved armpit. I loved (laughs) him. He's so funny. He was so funny. There's there's two parts with armpit that I think are hilarious. One (laughs) is, I don't know what's happening. It's just like an afternoon and everyone's vibing. Mm. And armpit comes out and he just starts busting a move. And at the end, he like lifts his arms up to... (laughs) you know like finish his dance and everyone hits the floor yes because yeah. his name is armpit because he smells really bad so yep he lifts up his arms and everyone hits the floor and is like whoa mm-hmm. and then the part at the end and not at the end of the movie when they're <laughs> the armpit starts talking back and they say you're gonna lose your shower privileges and just everyone in the background just groans. They're like, everyone. no. Everyone. No. It's so funny. Uh, your little end, joke. <laughs> I know your little joke. At the end, he has such a sweet moment where he asks uh, Stanley to call his mom. And he says, like, so tell my good. mom I'm sorry. Tell her Theodore mm-hmm. says I'm sorry. And I was just, yeah. ugh. It's so good. So good. So good. So cute. And <laughs> at one point... <laughs> When Sam is like 
selling his onions. He is holding the largest onion. And there's no way that that was a real no onion. Way I refuse real. to there's believe no it. No way. I have never seen an onion that big. The the prop director went unhinged on getting that they onion. They were like, for oh, you want set. an onion? I'll give you an onion. It's bigger than a person's head. It's massive. No onion is that big. No onion is that big. No. Speaking of onions, Stanley's dad is an inventor and he's trying mm-hmm. to invent a way to neutralize stinky feet smell. Yep. So the whole thing is he's always asking his wife to smell shoes. Do they smell? Do they smell? Do they smell? He finally cracks the code when he spills peaches in his onions. Mm-hmm. And he takes the shoe to his wife and he's like, smell it. And she's like, I'm eating. Don't make me smell. He's like, come on, just smell it. And she goes, she smells. She says, I don't smell anything. And he's like, you don't smell anything? I don't smell anything. anything. <laughs> we don't smell anything. It's just this cute little dance. And they just keep saying it over it's and over. It's so funny. And it was so funny. I love it. Because they've cracked it. They they've cracked have it. it. They have an idea. One of my favorite parts <laughs> is after Stanley steals. I think it's after he steals the truck. Maybe not. Yeah, it is. And he's it like is. running away from Mr. Sir. And then Mr. Sir yells after him. There ain't gonna be no yell that's the fifth. It's just so, so good. Funny. So <laughs> good. Like, You're gonna die out there. <laughs> See, Which is never. Like, not funny, but it's so funny. Just that line. That the phrasing. way that he says oh, it. So good. Another iconic quote from this movie is which is one i quote all the time oh yeah <laughs> i'm tired of this grandpa well that's too damn bad <laughs> well excuse me <laughs> oh it's so good uh, because you so find good. out the warden is the grand mm-hmm. or like great grand she's the descendant of trout walker mm-hmm. i think it's her granddad great. I think they say her granddaddy on Blake. I think so. And they're like basically cursed by Kate Barlow to just be searching for her treasure as her her last F you to them, basically. <laughs> yep. Ugh. When Hector, when Zero and his mom reunite and they hug and she spins him and then they look up at each other and they oh. just like squint and scrunch their faces. It's so cute. And then it pans to the grandpa, to Stanley's grandpa, and he's like got tears in his eyes. And I was like, so good. Same grandpa. Same. That's so good. So, so so good. I love it. An amazing movie. A fantastic adaptation. Spot on. It's so good. Spot on. Absolutely spot on. So we definitely recommend that you read the book and then watch the movie. Definitely. Um, You get, again, all of the nuance, the, you know, monologue of what Stanley's going through. And then you get the fun of the movie. Yes, afterwards absolutely so definitely our recommended order for sure uh what to read or watch if you liked this there is a sequel to this book it's called small steps and i think it focuses on armpit i've never read it so i can't tell you if it's good or not but I can't either check that out if you want more content check that out see see what's there and you I couldn't know, tell you a thing about it. <laughs> Holes is only a four-hour audiobook. I can't imagine Small Steps is much longer, so I might have to yeah. read it. You know, I'll probably look for it on Libby and just yeah. listen to that, too. It's got to yeah. be on there somewhere. It has to yeah. be. So, final thoughts. We love the book. We love the movie. I love just how it tackles, you know, issues of race, issues of class. Comprehensible way for, for kids to understand. Right. Exactly. Love author screenwriters. I think is our our most important final Mm -hmm. thought. Yeah. And it makes all the difference sometimes. It does. And a final shout out to Armpit because he's just my favorite. Yes. He's so fun. He's so fun. (laughs) So uh, we asked some of you guys, what were your thoughts on goals on this adaptation? And y'all came through. So I want to read through a little bit of these, shout y'all out a little bit. We have Chelsea coming in again. (laughs) That movie is a masterpiece. I haven't read the book since like the second grade, which same, we're here to tell you it holds up. Yes, absolutely. Revisit it. Revisit it. So my friend Kate, she said it was probably her first experience with the book she loved becoming a movie besides Harry Potter. Oh, nice. And she said, and this is huge. She said, maybe my fave. Ooh, it is such a good one. Honestly, such a good one. It's so good. good. 
This was so funny. Kylie at Library of Kylie. She said, holes always freaked me out. Like the weird mystery of it. She said, okay, that's all, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, honestly. It is curious, like, how they stayed in business for so long. Well, it's, okay, here's the thing, which these are kids that are, and this is more of, like, what society's view, not my personal view, (laughs) would be that these are kids that are not going to be missed. They're the kids that don't have resources. They are unhoused like they don't have access to things or they don't have stable guardianship in a lot of cases and that's a lot of why they ended up at Camp Green Lake in the first place is because they didn't have a lot of people to advocate for them like Stanley is poor they're not able to get a good lawyer right to help him out um Zero is on his own essentially like he is not able to find his mom so that's kind of how they all ended up there. So I think that's a big part of it is that they were just Camp Green Lake was quite literally like preying on yeah. vulnerable kids in yeah. a way, which is like really skeevy. And I definitely would not have picked up on that as a kid. No, not at all. Okay, Megan at the Boston Bibliophile. Her first thing is in all caps, the song with the refire <laughs> emojis. Yes. yes. And then she also said Madame Zeroni is also everything I wanted her to be. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Books of Ink and Stardust. She said she loved it. It was so good. McCarley at McCarley Jane Reads. She said, I absolutely love it with my whole heart in all caps. <laughs> and then she said, that's all with the heart. <laughs> well, another one of my friends, Anna, she said, classic, iconic, my whole personality for years. I love it. <laughs> I love, I love that. At Night Owl Loft, she said, the first hole is always the hardest. Yep. <laughs> Good quote. And then we waited to bring this up so that Angie at About Angie's Books could bring it up. She says, <laughs> Pendanski calling Mr. Sir a sideburned Neanderthal is one of the best burns ever. Absolutely. And it absolutely is. It's so good. Is. It is so, so good. so good. Oh, my gosh. So great. So thank you everyone for sending in your thoughts. I love yeah. seeing what you guys have to say. So that's just going to be a thing. So we'll be, we'll be sharing what you guys think at the end. Yeah. So that's, that's all for this episode that's it. of the red carpet. Yeah. That's, that's all we got. Our next episode will be very, <laughs> very exciting. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Our next episode is going to be our first fan cast episode and this is going to be an exciting one because it's one that the tv rights have been owned for like five or six years and nothing has happened with them nothing so we're going to be fan casting throne of glass yes so excited wait i'm sorry did you say the tv rights are owned hulu has the tv (gasps) right who do i need who do i need to write a letter to Correct. So that's why I'm like, if Akatar also ends up getting stuck in development hell because of this, I'm like 99% certain that that is the case. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm Googling it yes. right now. Like this is content that we need to see. We have to. <gasps> Hulu optioned a TV show based on the Throne yeah. of Glass books back in 2016. Six years ago. Oh, wait, this in 2021, this says Sarah got the rights back because the show wasn't going anywhere. We're going to do some so they digging. Know, okay. We're going to do some digging, folks. We'll do some digging for the episode. So we'll be in that episode. We'll be focusing on sort of the first three books, the first mm-hmm. two books and the prequel novellas. So we'll be taking a look at Throne of Glass, Crown of Midnight and the Assassin's Blade novella mm-hmm. collection. And we're so excited. Oh, my um, gosh. So, so excited. I'm researching the heck out of this fan cast yes it is my yeah oh I'm so pumped I'm so pumped Mm -hmm. this it's gonna be awesome I can't wait I'm so excited I can't stop smiling it's gonna be so much fun so Um, so definitely we will be putting a lot of time into that one for you all so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes it'll be very exciting but until then if you would be so wonderfully kind to do so subscribe follow we would love your support for this little project of ours that we're having so much fun doing and leave us a little rating if you enjoyed listening and you can follow us 
on Instagram at the red carpet pod and our personal bookstagrams. I'm at fictional cast and Matt is at the reading rainbow or reading rainbow. There's at no reading the rainbow. On. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I think that's actual copyright infringement. <laughs> Ah, that's true. <laughs> Take a look. It's in our book. It's in Madison's book. <laughs> exactly. Follow us on all the places. Say hi. We love talking to all of you. Madison it's does most so of the fun. Instagram work, and I just kind of creep in the she background creeps. and read all the messages. It's the best. I love it so much. Uh, it's fun. But until next time, uh, this has been a blast, and we love so you fun. all. Love you guys. XOXO. <laughs> Matt and Cass.